myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Well, it's hard to be a gambler betting on the no-no. Our spring's had it this time. You think he's going to win, think he's staying in. But Kevin Cash drew the line. Well, it's hard to figure out what it's all about. Was it a pitch count or fatigue? It's a complicated moment. Wish he would have stayed in Jeffrey Springs. Oh, Jeffrey Springs had a no-no through six innings. He was hanging on, trying to get it done, but Kevin Cash said no. Oh, Jeffrey Springs, wish he could have stayed in the swing. Instead, he was kicked to the curb and left to wonder what if. Oh, Jeffrey Springs. <laughs> Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It is me, Michael, and with me as always, S-Man. What up? Deep Fort. How's it going, man? It's going. A little back-to-back Elvis for us this week. Sorry, I just got Elvis on the brain. Steve's on the Elvis kick. I'm on an Elvis kick. It happens you know, a couple times a year, usually. I'll get on an Elvis kick. So I'm on one of those Elvis kicks again right now. Taking a little uh, Moody Blues, which was his last... Uh, uh, record that uh was on the charts when he passed away so yeah that's good stuff get it elvis yeah oh he he was getting it all right oh he was getting it all right (laughs) yeah who wasn't getting it (laughs) was that jeffrey spring jeffrey springs so after 81 pitches jeffrey springs was taken out of his first outing of the game and it wasn't just after 81 pitches it's after he struck out 12 out of 19 batters and he went what six innings six innings and they decided hey you got a no-no going by the way but yeah you know so, what? You're out. But hey, you know what? We'll give you the participation trophy for trying to get that no-no. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. If baseball was only six innings, you would have got it done. But instead, after 81 pitches, we're going to go to the bullpen. Right? I don't get it. I mean. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> First Cash. start of the season. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's like September or something and he's on innings restrictions. The guy's like 30 years old. Yeah. So I and, yeah it doesn't make sense. And he's not their top of the rotation at all. No. So no. I don't know where this came from. I mean, who are we to sit here and mock the Rays who have the fourth best odds on bovadasportsbook.com at a plus 1800 to be the World Series winner. But who are we, right? I mean, they're the they're only the best team, team in under, baseball right They're now. the best yeah. team in baseball, but I mean, etiquette shows in baseball. Mm-hmm. When a guy's got a no-no going, you keep him yep. in there till it's no more. Yeah, exactly. And then exactly. they put somebody else in, and then they fucked up his no-no. Basically, I mean, yeah, yeah. And the Tigers finally woke up and got a couple of hits. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching that game, and I was too. Jeffrey Springs was just on. Yeah, his pitches had good location. He had good command of the of the mound and the plate. Yep. Obviously, yeah. and and the funny thing is, is when I when I saw the start as a Tiger fan, I'm like, "Who the hell is Jeffrey Springs? This might be the game we can actually win." Yeah, <laughs> I was wrong on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he came in there and and pitched a butte, and it was Kevin Cash that pulled them. They didn't yep. want to get their their pitching coach in there, which was Kyle Snyder, to mm-hmm. pull them. So I'm pretty sure Kevin Cash said something to him like, "Hey, yep. hey, we're done. You're done. Sorry." You're done. So it's hard to argue because it's more about it. It's a team sport. Right. Kevin Cash basically didn't really give like a big thing. He said, Mm. well, he should be happy, pretty happy with what he did and what have you. But they didn't say, why didn't you? I mean, a lot of the reporters, why didn't you leave him in? And he just felt that it was 81 pitches is the farthest he would want to go. And Springs kept it was pretty cool about it. Springs didn't Mm. fucking bitch about it or anything. (laughs) He just said that his fastball was on that game and yep. uh he liked to speed up the hitters rather than and, and slow them down at his pace remember the max oh, Scherzer yeah. says the the pitcher has more power now so he yep, definitely kept, clock. Yeah. right so he definitely kept that to his advantage but i don't know i, I just that's the part of this i don't like but it's no surprise with the it's rays, the rays. I was because say, yeah. <laughs> the rays were one of the first teams to have a a reliever led kind of yeah it opened rotation yeah. so 
uh, this comes as no surprise, but at the same time, you just kind of got a feel for somebody like Springs who's never threw a no, 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 no. He's a truly an underdog story. What he got, he got traded from Boston. I think he's right. kind of bounced, but you know, bounced he's around bounced around. Yeah. And, yeah. And, you know, just, it was having the, the game of his life right there. And not only that, it's his first start of the year. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I feel for him. Yeah. It's, it sucks. Yeah. Right. But I mean, the dude's signed a four year, $31 million extension okay. to the off season. So I'm <laughs> sure he'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, the team was behind him. They said they're proud of him, but not a lot yeah. of people were talking about like, why didn't you leave him in? But so this is kind of a testament to Kevin Cash's led squad. Right. I, I think they all understand that it's a group effort. Yep. We're not going for let's have this guy try to finish games and let's yep. have this guy. Oh, he's pitching 14 K's. Leave him in there. They're just going to do what's best, what they feel for the team. But at the end of the day, I, I think it's kind of bums me out before the show. Sally Alcantara has the first. No, uh, the first complete game this year, and we're yeah. not going to see too many of those this year. No, no, I think he led last that. year too, and it wasn't by much, but it's you have like four, <laughs> right? Right, that never <laughs> no. used to be that way 10, 20 no. years ago, never used to be that way. No. So, this is kind of the new era of baseball, and with the pitch clock, I'm sure you're going pi- to get pitchers tired out more easily as well. Mm-hmm. So, I think so too. I think so, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're almost a week into the season, yep. Um, the Rays I, are the best. The Rays are the best. They the worst? Lost, they haven't lost yet, right? They haven't lost yet. Who's the worst? There's about Phillies? two teams. The Phillies and the Nationals are coming in at the worst right now. They're both really? one and five. The, the Phillies, have you got to watch the Phillies yet this year? I know Trey Turner's no. on your fantasy team. Uh, I, the only person I'm keeping an eye on is Trey Turner, but no, I, I haven't been able to tune into the Phillies. I've watched some Cardinals, mm-hmm. and I've watched... Um, uh, the Braves a little bit, and obviously I've watched our loser of a team, the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that's that's but tough I, I'm just, I mean, the Phillies are are what you talked about, you know, nationally chance, but but you uh you, you were someone that pretty much would be like, if I'm going to you know BavadaSportsbook.com, to, am I going to place a bet on the Phillies to take the NL again? And you were one that was like, no, no, I I'm not buying into. It. I think it was just a one year thing, yeah, you know, and uh, they're they're showing it. They're showing that that Bryce Harper out of their lineup is a big fucking hole. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. You can't really put all that on Trey Turner and expect no, him to no. turn around. Because up until they lost Hoskins, you know, it's 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 been a, a rough go here in their lineup. They know? did, they did. They lost Hoskins, and there's a they're a team that's just trying to have they have that World Series hangover, right? Yeah. And and maybe disagree, you know, agree with me if if you think this is agreeable. But so I was doing another podcast yesterday, and mm-hmm. of course. I gave them my Texas Rangers take, which I've given a few times on the given a few times on this show. Which remember when I've said the team is made up of a bunch of Robins? There's no Batman's yeah, on that team, right? Yep. I kind of feel with the Phillies. If you expect Trey Turner <laughs> to change this team, this is a guy that has never led a ball team. No. He was always the Robin to everybody else's Batman. Which right. Com- that is not saying anything against Trey Turner. He's that it's guy. A great role for him. Oh, hundred percent. It's a great role for him. But at the same time, you can't expect him to lead a team. He's always had a Batman to lean off of in every yep. team he's played for. Yep. Yep. And maybe that maybe, maybe that comes back when Harper comes back, right? Maybe that returns his his Robin role. But for Let's hope they're not too far out of it by then, right? Right. <laughs> well, I. It was one thing I will say in Harper's defense, and I know you and I are going to talk about him later in the show because right. we have the then and now series returning yep. this week. We're doing DHs, but yeah. Harper, I've noticed he's actually in the dugout with his team. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love seeing stuff like that. He's actually there, you know, with the team and I, I love, you know, yeah. not, you know, we're a baseball podcast, but talking about basketball, Kate, Kate Cunningham, he was out Let's for the go. whole season. But if you notice when there's home games, even some on the road, he's right there on the bench talking with the players. He's still a part of the team. Where in other situations, you see so-and-so, like Casey Mize. Have we seen Casey Mize around the Tigers? Man, you and I think so much alike. Because I I was thinking that, too. As soon as I said that, and then you started talking, I'm like, I don't think I remember Casey Mize ever being in the dugout with his team. No, no. Nope. Or or Spencer Turnbull with the Tigers. I mean, I hate to talk about the Tigers because, you know, we see them all the time. But yeah, right. I mean, Tigers have had big injuries uh, last year, but I never saw those players sticking around uh, being a part of the team. They're off doing their own thing. Right. You, you know? don't see that many people who have big injuries. I remember Jacob deGrom last year before mm-hmm. he came back. You never seen him at the Mets nope. just being in the dugout here and there. So nope. it was always more of a 
you're right. Even Tatis, you don't see Tatis in the fucking dugout. Mm-mm. So, Mm-mm. yeah, I, I got to give Harper props. He's, yeah. I think he is uh, trying to be a leader. I think you and I know he, and we'll talk more about Harper, like I said, but it's this. I don't think this Phillies team is the one we should look out for in the East. I mean, clearly at five and one, the Braves are that team. And we, you and I know the Mets are going to come around yeah, once they, they get in the groove. I mean, they're kind of in those teams that are kind of built off of buying. They kind of built mm-hmm. their winner off of buying through free agency. It's going to take those teams a while to get the used gel. to each other. Yep. Yeah. And they lost Verlander to start the year and hopefully they he'll did. be back soon. They lost Diaz, their closer, you know, so they've yeah. had to go through some, some growing pains here, but yeah, like you said, they, made a lot of signings and brought a lot of new guys in. So it's going to take a bit for them to do it to mesh. I, I completely agree. And I think the only team that sucks that we all agree is probably the worst in baseball is the Washington Nationals. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that team fucking blows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but that looks right. At one and five for the Phillies, that doesn't Makes, look right. That does but not, that, no. but we know that's not going to be permanent. No, no, they'll, they'll turn it around because they're a great baseball team. They got a lot of great pieces in there. Um, they showed it last year. I mean, they were, were under the radar last year, hovering around 500, under 500. They fired Girardi, and then all of a sudden the team takes off. So, yeah, they're one of those teams where you know they're going to turn it around, but you, know, you see teams like, yeah, the Nationals or or Pittsburgh or or yeah. our Tigers, you know those teams are, are they're going to suck. Bottom, <laughs> bottom feeders for sure. Yeah, Is yeah. there any team, win or loss, Steve, that you're looking at through all of Major League Baseball, and they're kind of surprising you, whether it's winning or losing. Is there anybody that's really surprising you right now? Yeah, I'm not really surprised the Yankees are doing well. but um, Minnesota Twins are surprising me, though. I mean, I, I always thought, you know, the Guardians were going to be the class of the Central, but Minnesota going uh, undefeated up until they lost to Miami yesterday. That was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a shock. I mean, yeah. we expect them to be good, but not, uh, you know, 4-0 or 5-0 or so to start the season good, you know, yeah. so... Um, I mean, those would be right right off the top of my head, uh, uh, two, two that I can think of. Houston, though. I mean, but Houston's had the injuries. Uh, I'm surprised they lost the first two games to Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Baltimore's about where I thought they were. They're three and three. You know, I, 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 I would like to see them take the, uh, the step forward, but, um, Kansas City, yeah, they suck. <laughs> um, Seattle, though, two and four. That's a bit right. of a, a head scratcher. So I, I think teams like that, it's not, it, it's not, it is kind of surprising, but you know they're going to figure it out. Like yeah. I, I've been watching a lot of Cardinals games so far, the six that they've played. I've watched maybe four of them, and you see where it's just some, some bumps along the way. I think the Lars also, Newt, Newt Bar injury wasn't great, but mm-hmm. I think they're trying to find out who, what their rotation looks like. If anything, it's not their hitting, it's their pitching that's really right. Big. Yeah, Miles Michaelis, as I told you off show, that guy sucks. And it's because I got a front row seat to him on my fantasy team. But one more I was going to say is Milwaukee. Um, you know, Milwaukee, I was not expecting them to be five and one right now. Not only five and one, though, but they've outscored their opponents by 22 runs. Isn't that wild? Um, that, that's a bit of a, a, a shocker to me right now. Yeah, that's pretty surprising you know. to me. And you have people stepping up who this isn't like a Christian Yelich team. This is, no. let's look at Garrett Mitchell and Bryce Terang, yeah. two of your rookies and mm-hmm. obviously their pitching staff is next to none probably one of the best if not the best in baseball right. that nobody talks about which is crazy you know a team that i've watched that i'm kind of disappointed for for the beginning of the year and i'm sure they'll turn it around is the toronto blue jays yes I, dude i've been watching them and there's just something off about that mm-hmm. team and yeah. i don't expect them to 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 soar over mountains with this team but i, I just uh, for instance, I've been watching Bo Bichette at first. Boy, is he sloppily playing for, uh, not first, at shortstop. For short, yeah. He's been sloppily playing that this year. I've been watching mm-hmm. Vlad. Vlad's out in front of pitches way too much. Yeah. Uh, other ones, he just he, he swings too late sometimes. Yep. It's like he's still trying to find his rhythm. Yep. Boy, I, I, I'm kind of scared for the Blue Jays because you and I have talked how good they are and how good they should yeah. be in our prediction show. Yeah. Yeah, it's we were, just, uh, they just look off to me. Yeah, we were definitely singing their praises, but yeah, they've been outscored by eight runs this year. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Th- thankfully they won, you know, won a game here to put the record up to two and three. But yeah, they've been they've been a head scratcher. You know, I watched that opening day game with uh was it the Blue Jays and the the Braves it was, or Blue Jays and Cardinals. Cardinals. It was like who actually wants to win this game? Remember that? It was like just a slug fest. Like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna Blue Jays take the lead. Nope, Blue Jays lose the lead. Oh, Cardinals take the lead. Nope, Cardinals, you know, it's which is fun. Like, yeah. It's it's fun to watch, but still it's like, come on, guys. You know, let's put, yeah. put put this thing away. But yeah, that's a bit of a uh, bit of a head scratcher there. I I would say that was the big one, just because you and I have been so in yeah. Toronto's corner, and yep. they're just not they're just not doing it right now. No, no. But I mean, like we said, we're only a handful of games in this season. It's right. This is such a small sample size. It's almost <laughs> embarrassing to even talk about it because yeah. a team that. We know there's like the Royals will probably be bottom dwellers. We know the Nats and the things like that. The four and two Pirates is four. Yeah, that's not good. That's not going to hold. That's a farce. Yeah. Yeah. That's like that's like when the Tigers started out hot in like the early 2000s. And we're like, yeah, that's not going to last. You know, we know you. (laughs) We know you too well. You'll be losing 95 games in no time. All right. And sure enough, they did. Yeah. Padres are still trying to figure it out. Three and three. I talking last night on that uh, the other podcast. I was kind of thinking that there's really nobody that's great that sticks out on the Padres rotation because I like no. you, Darvish and Blake Snell and what have you. But where's that Spencer Strider on that team? Where's yeah, the Darvish only went five innings or something yesterday? Right. So where's their you know their their shut down ten strikeout guy? Their Sandy Alcantara who's going right. to seven innings uh, every start. But yeah, no, they got a lot of. Eh. You know, right, no it, really Blake Snell. Yeah, you know? Blake Snell. When he left Tampa Bay, that was, was kind of it. After that, Blake it, Snell. His, yeah, bit, bit Tampa's system, and you take someone out of their system, they're not as good. Boy, you know? our, that speaks mountains, man. I, I tell you that that's so true. Sometimes it just whatever. T- sometimes the coaching does matter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the team you're with, it's just the right mix. That happens in yep. every sport. There's a team. There, there's a player in the NFL that might suck with the uh the giants but be amazing mm-hmm. with you know with um Houston or something nope. you know it just it happens all the time and nope. boy that's that's a yeah, yeah that's like, now look, look, yep. look at Trace Thompson he bounced around he gets into the Dodgers organization the guy looks like a superstar now he looks know? great he looks yeah. fantastic so it's hard to say early on what's going to happen but yep uh, I think you mentioned before I cut you off, you were going to say the Chicago White Sox, I believe. Yeah, three and three. Uh, they're holding their own. Hey, man. Hey, yeah. Guess, you know, you, you told me who's injured again. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> who's injured again? Uh, good old Eloy Jimenez. Oh, was he taking a dump and he pulled something? <laughs> My guy, God. He's made out of glass, bro. Seriously. <laughs> they took him out of the outfield and they moved him to DH and he still found a way to injure himself. This guy lives on the IL. He really does. They yeah. really should have insurance companies paying his uh, his paycheck here because it shouldn't be the ball club because he's never around to play enough. Unfortunately. My God. Unfortunately. Have, was no. it hamstring this time? I think he was walking to get a burger or something and uh, something got tweaked. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I mean, you look at some of the – they were talking about some of the best players – within each division and who has the best odds to win the division. And I remember last night talking to the guys that on that podcast, we were talking mm-hmm. the Bavada odds for people yeah. to win that division. And obviously at the top are the white Sox and the twins and the guardians for the most part. But we kind of all came to a conclusion that the white Sox are probably the most talented team right. in that division, but they're never fucking healthy and it just shows i mean this eloy jimenez there's a reason that the cubs were okay getting rid of him because he was just he's just not a guy that can stay healthy you can't count on him and at 26 years old he's never really played more than 80 games i mean he's just or even 100 games the only thing that's improving for eloy is his mustache you know, true. That is you know, true. That, that mustache is on point i'll say that that's the only thing good about his game right now is he can grow a mean mustache well, he they certainly let, doesn't show it on the field. No, I mean, they well, they felt good about Jose Abreu walking and mm-hmm. still being able to maintain that power because they had Jimenez and they have Lou Bob and that. Yep. And it, it's just not happening. You know who's actually doing pretty good, which we'll talk about later, is Yomankata. Suddenly yep. he's starting to have a little bit of a bounce back. So I think the Central is not the worst division, but <laughs> uh, it's just interesting, right? It's just... Mm-hmm. 
Sometimes it's the same old tune for some of these fucking teams. And other times they really do surprise you. I mean, like I said, Pittsburgh four and two, you know that this is an early season resurgence. They're like, okay, man, Andrew McCutcheon, our leaders back. back. We have some good young guys like O'Neill Cruz. Let's do this. And Brian Hayes. Hayes. And as the slog moves on, we're going to see how this transpires. Maybe some teams... Also, I think we don't. We have to take into account the pitch clock could completely change teams. It could. Stolen bases are way up, if you notice. Way that. up. Stolen bases like, are eighty-four percent. Is it okay? Eighty-four wow. percent uh, steal rate. Jeez. <laughs> wild. It is wild. wild. And yeah. you know who? You know who hates the pitch clock? Real quick is uh, Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, when he did an interview, he says, "I wish we could have our game back." And the announcer doubled down and asked him, "Like, what do you?" Because he he quickly yeah. went to something else. The announcer doubled down and says, "I'm sorry. What, what did I'm you sorry. mean by that?" <laughs> and he goes, "Oh, I'm, I must have been mistaken." He and he did that that, that sly smile. You could tell some of these hitters, like Bryce, probably don't like this hurry up game. They want that or, that or, golf game. Or Manny Machado, who got ejected yesterday because oh, of the my pitch God. clock. He argued because he struck out. <laughs> Bro, him and the pitch clock are going to go Oh, just watching that replay back. He wasn't in the box. He got the eight seconds. Umpire called strike three. He just gives the umpire a look and just must have said some magic words there. And boom, he's out. Then they get get him in the clubhouse after the game. He's like, yeah, he's trying to like, (laughs) he's trying to like make good on it. I just didn't see it that way. Oh, sure. Like whatever, bro. Whatever. Yep. Oh bro. my god, that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, bro. Oh, yeah. So th- this season has started off hot. Yeah. I-, I think the pitch clock has been so fucking fun. Just dude, because- watching these games, it shortens it up so much. I can sit down because usually I don't know about you. I mean, I I love I love baseball. I love sitting there, but you know, you have to block out a chunk of your evening if you yeah. want to sit down and really hunker in for a game. Now games are getting done in like two and a half hours, like watching a basketball game. Bro, Great. You, you ain't know? lying. I mean, there's been a, if you're locked into a game, like I've been locked into a, quite a few games, but there's yeah. some that I like to keep on as background noise. Right, right. Right. Like right now I have the Angels and the Mariners on just background noise. Yeah. But at the same time, if I'm into a game, I won't look at my phone. I'm actually watching well, the fucking game. Now, exactly. before it's like, oh, he scratches balls for the next yeah. 30 seconds. Let me I'm go check gonna... Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. So it, it, this has been delightful. I, I love I just love what's happening right now. Yeah, so it's I been a lot too. of fun for sure. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, good times, man. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Uh, let's move over to fantasy factory. So okay. before we get into it, how's, uh, how's fantasy going for you, Steve? Oh, it's great. You and I are playing each other. We're just what? having a, we're just having a swell old time here. Yeah. Yeah. I believe last I checked, uh, you were gorilla, gorilla choking me here to the <laughs> tune of uh nine to two, I think. Yeah, but the thing is, my team's not playing bad. No, they're like I'm close. Within, I'm yeah. close in like out of the twelve categories. I'm close in like nine or ten of them. Yeah, so it could turn one good day and one bad day from you could turn the thing around. Real Dude, hundred percent, and that happens all the time in fantasy, especially so. if you go on a run where my guy isn't hitting, my guys aren't hitting home runs or not bringing in runs, yep. and then yep. your guys are. I mean, it could completely turn, especially with your with if you're within one or two. Yeah, I'm looking at the offensive categories. You know, as of right now, as we're recording the show, we're tied in walks. Right. Uh, I'm I'm up in stolen bases by one. You're up in RBIs by one. Uh, you're up in home runs by one. Uh, you're up in batting average by seven hundredths of a point. Mm. So uh, that's just on the offensive side. And then over on pitching, you're only up by three in strikeouts, uh, yep. a point and a half on ERA. Point one seven in uh, in WHIP, and mm. uh, one you have one more quality start than me. Yeah. So, so everything's fucking within yeah, reach, man. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. So, you know, I'm, I'm pleased with my team so far. Not pleased with the pitching. As you've noticed, uh, I've made, already made <laughs> some moves on, on pitching. Uh, Miles Michaelis will uh, shortly be probably off the crazy train <laughs> right here. Um, the guy has had back-to-back shitty starts. Yeah. Um, Dylan Cease has pitched well for me, so I'll give him that. Yeah. You uh, Darvish was, eh, you know, he's all right. But, yeah, you know, just ma- I got, got to make some moves here. I think pick up, pick up some starters. Um, which is weird, you know. Uh, you talk about how much you love the White Sox, and I talk about how much they're meh. Well, I just picked up another White Sox pitcher with Mike Clevenger to go with Dylan C. So it's like I'm picking up the White Sox rotation to go on my on my team. Oh wow, no shit, dude. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Clevenger had a good opening day start, so we'll see if he can he can follow it up this week. So if he doesn't, well, kick him to the curb. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so so far it's uh, it's looking good. You and I actually already made a trade. 
didn't we? It's interesting. I don't think I've yeah. ever seen trades this early in our league. Anyways, you and I, I was, I was desperate. I mean, opening day, what Wilson Contreras took a, a hundred one mile an hour fastball off the knee. Yep. And I was like, well, this doesn't look good. Yeah. And, and I look and, and Michael's got like three top catchers on his team. And, and then you sent me the gif of open for business or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, right, this uh, turning around. Yeah. And, and so I texted, uh, I texted you and I was like, well, who do you like on my team? So I can poach one of your catchers. And, uh, you know, we worked out a deal. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you ended up getting Logan O'Hop. Yep. And I gave you Ezekiel Tovar from the other uh, Rockies. Both quality rookies. Quality y- youngsters there. Yep. So yeah. we did a, uh, basically just a straight up youngster swap. Yeah, and it feels a need for both of us. Yeah, I was going to say you needed some uh, uh, infield depth. depth. Yep, depth in your infield, and I needed depth uh, from the catching spot because I picked up some scrap heap off from Minnesota. The guy Mm. sucked, but I needed something. So yeah, Um, now I got you know two quality catchers. Contreras did come back, and he's been uh, been doing well. So, but when he took that dude, I thought I thought thought he was going to be out a while. I I was like, I thought he was going to. I thought I thought he blew up his kneecap to be. I thought he did too. The way he was walking, Mm -hmm. it just looked so bad. I was not expecting him to come back as soon as he did. Yeah. Sure. He only missed like two days. That's a good, I mean, yeah. he's being tough about yeah. it, which is yep. good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I needed the catching depth anyway, just in case this happens again. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. So in stating that kind of going over a lot of sleepers to consider within fantasy, I mean, you go on Bavada, you they'll give you every sleeper known to man. I mean, who's up there, who's not <clears throat> a lot of, I see a lot of Josh Jung, on Bavada, and you see people that they recommend to have, especially when you go into their prop bets mm-hmm. and you want to build your like your prop builder to get up. I mean, it has like funny things like Josh Jung to have three plus hits and uh, Texas to win for plus one oh five one thousand fifty stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. But looking at the true sleepers that we think are fantasy sleepers, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to talk about what teams should be kind of looking for in terms of maybe these teams, these people are already picked up. I know in our league, these guys are mostly picked mostly up, go. Yep. but yep. at the same time, there might be people out there listening who want to dive into their pool and grab somebody that nobody else is thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll lead it off with the guy that I traded you uh, actually is uh, Ezekiel Tovar. I like, I like this guy. And he's not off to the best start. I mean, it's only a handful of games, but yeah. um, he has su- such a tremendous upside, I think, uh, to him. And he's hitting in Coors Field. So I think that's just going to be a, uh, you know, he plays half his games there. So he's going to he's going to get you get you on base. He's going to uh, drive in some runs. So I really like really like him. Saying that, I traded him to you. So, <laughs> yeah, but he, he definitely has a tremendous, tremendous upside. I think I, 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 I really like Ezekiel uh, Tobar. Uh, second would be Oscar Colas, uh, for, for the White Sox. Um, I, I really, I like this guy again. You know, I, you're the one that's always singing the White Sox praises, but here I am picking a White Sox here. <laughs> um, I, I, I like this guy. Uh, he's, he's, you know, Right field, 5'11", 209 pounds. I'm just hoping, you know, he plays right field. Hopefully he can, uh, you know, you can stay, uh, stay healthy as opposed to Ela Jimenez. But anyway, you know, mm. solid start to the season, 294 average. Uh, he's already, you know, got five hits on the young season. He's got a double, uh, can steal you some bases. So I, I like him. And then third, I'm going to go with, uh, with, uh, Jake Fraley there from, uh, from Cincinnati. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, another solid, uh, solid player there. I mean, you can't say it. It's Cincinnati, so you know they don't have too many bright spots on that team. He's <laughs> but, uh, he mostly fills their DH role now. Exactly, exactly. I mean, he was an outfielder by trade, but he mostly, you know, not the National League has a uh, has DH. Uh, uh, he you know, he he fills that role, but a three eighty five average to start, and already has four RBIs. So uh, I, I like Jake Fraley. Uh, I think it's a good fit for him in Cincinnati. So those are the uh, the three that I'm looking at. Uh, some of the ones I'm looking at, I'm going to start off with the guy I traded you is, yeah. is Logan O'Hop, uh, rookie season this year. This guy already has six RBIs in, in 14 at bats, which is pretty fucking spectacular. Uh, hit his first home run, I believe today, I believe. Oh, wow. So, uh, Logan O'Hop, I mean, he's a catcher of the future. He's the future of the, uh, the Los Angeles Angels, especially when Otani leaves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, you know that's gonna happen, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely like Logan O'Hop. This is a a guy that works so hard, and I think he fell under the radar of top prospects up until probably the end of last year. 
when mm-hmm. he started coming on a little bit more and more. I mean, this this guy has a his game his game is really clean. And they brought him up for five games last year, and they saw a little bit of a, a taste of it. They uh, hit 286 in five games played, so not bad at all. And then, obviously, if any listeners of the show know me, they know how much I like Jordan Montgomery, the pitcher. Shocking. For, I'm just kidding. <laughs> for the pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. He kind of got rocked in his first start, but I, I, he was never a guy to start the season great anyways. Right. Six foot, six foot southpaw. I'm sorry, six foot six Southpaw. This guy is, I, I think he's one of their bright spots on that Cardinal in that Cardinals rotation, especially, yeah. especially Jack Flaherty, too. I think him and I think Jack Flaherty's coming back and trying to prove yep. doubters wrong. But I think as the season goes, you're going to see Jordan Montgomery go further in innings as well and just find his groove. So he's definitely on my sleeper list for fantasy. Also, Michael Massey. Michael Massey is kind of new. Um, I think the Royals, when they wheel, started wheeling and dealing, Last year, mm-hmm. I think they always had Michael Massey in mind as the guy yep. to take over that second base position, especially when Whit Merrifield uh, ended up going. So uh, he's not started the season out great, but I think this is a leader. This is a guy who is in the form of a Whit Merrifield as well, yeah. and they really like what he can do. It's just it's going to take him to kind of get into his own a little bit as well. So uh, Michael Massey for Kansas City. And then last, I kind of added this later in the show, was Garrett Mitchell. and. Okay. I you know I hate saying it because he's on my team, but at the same time, Garrett mm-hmm. Mitchell, he it plays from Milwaukee, had a walk off home run today to beat the the New York Ooh. Mets, had a two home run game yesterday. Man. The guy has been an amazing outfielder for them. I mean, he's kind of what they were hoping to get with Christian Yelich, uh, which they have got. I, I can't put the guy down too much, but at the right. same time, I remember that 2020 draft when they drafted him out of UCLA, and we knew he would move pretty quickly through the minors. And mm-hmm. he he was diagnosed. I think he's like a type one diabetic, and they there were there was there was concerns about that. But this guy is kind of a five tool player when you look at it. He can hit mm-hmm. for average, hit for power, and then obviously the other tools he has them all. So uh, my fantasy sleepers, my final fantasy sleeper would be Garrett Mitchell. Solid. Those are all good choices. I probably put you in the scouting department for fantasy right there. Right? I know, right? But finding Garrett Mitchell and you know Logan O'Hop and all that fun stuff, man, just kicking yeah. ass right there. But let's yeah. go. Yeah. Um, taking a look at the waiver wire, it's a little early. You know, we only got a, a handful of games here, but I wanted to point out three people that I've looked at to uh, uh, maybe take a pluck off the uh, the waiver there. And uh, first is someone that we talked about earlier in the show, and that's Yohan Mankata. Uh, for Chicago, he hit 444 last week, had a couple of home runs and three doubles. So it's good to see his bat getting back in it, you know, because uh, his bat's been down the last couple of years. So it's good to see. I know it's early, only a handful of games, but good to see him in the swing. Uh, second, uh, from uh, Cincinnati is uh, Graham Ashcraft, uh, pitcher. Uh, he went seven innings in his first start last week with uh, six strikeouts on four hits. So Hopefully he can keep it up if you're looking for some pitching depth, which I know I am. Uh, he might be a, uh, someone worth taking a look at. And then second in his first year in Boston is Adam Duvall. Uh, he hit 571 last week with two home runs. So we'll see if he can he can keep that up for the for the Red Sox. Those are uh, those are three people that I was looking at here on the waiver wire. I always thought it was weird that Adam Duvall never got signed right away in free agency. Yeah, it took a long time, didn't it? it took him a while, a while, but he's always been a really good hitter. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. A head scratcher. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Man, so this is it. This is our last then and now. Yep. Right, man. I don't know about you. I'm 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 shedding a tear. Yeah, I'm shedding a tear. <laughs> I'm yeah. shedding a tear too because I just inhaled this drink I had. And <laughs> as you were talking, <laughs> as you were talking, it just got caught. I was like, you did, I don't know if you've seen it, but like, I did this spit take and it all flew out. Oh I did. God. I did not see that. I'm I glad I did not. I'm, I'm mute and hack along. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh man. So the tears you're seeing is because I almost died. Because he almost <laughs> died right there on the show. <laughs> Yikes. This is our last part of the then and now series to kind of wrap it up until we go next year or at, at the off season next, uh, this coming year, I guess. Um, yeah. Anyways, we are kicking it off while we are finalizing it with DHs, the Woo. best DHs of the 1980s and the best DHs right now. Steve, kick us off. Who? On your top five, at number five, is the best DH of the 1980s. Okay. Well, spoiler alert, like we talked about last week, you're going to see mo- uh, all 19 or all American League players on our on our team here. I'm going to kick a guy off where 
Uh, most of his time was there in the uh, in the seventies, but he uh, did still show good production into the eighties. You know, first part of the eighties, and that's uh, uh, Greg Luzinski. Uh, Greg Luzinski uh, spent a lot of uh, majority of his career with the Phillies, but uh, uh, in nineteen eighty one, he did uh, join the White Sox and was with the White Sox until uh, until the, he ended his career in nineteen eighty four. Uh, he was a guy that obviously uh, I'd say uh, one of his you know best seasons, like I said, were in the seventies, but could still get over a hundred RBIs in the uh, in the eighties and still hit you over uh, hit you over twenty home runs. Uh, best season in the eighties would probably be his uh, his nineteen eighty two season where he had a two ninety two average, eighteen home runs, and one hundred and two RBIs. So he's still swinging the bat there. Uh, retired a little bit early. He was only thirty three years old when he retired. Um, was still in the MVP talk uh, into the 80s. But yeah, a guy that could uh, have a pretty good average, you know, not not high, high, but, you know, obviously his high watermark uh, uh, in the 80s was 292, mostly in that two, 230 to 260 range. So uh, coming in for me at uh, number five would be uh, Greg Lazinski. Greg Lazinski. Number yeah. five for me is good old Dave Kingman. Get it, Dave. <laughs> Get it, Dave. It was weird because Dave going kind of researching Dave, the power has been there throughout his career, but mm-hmm. he never consistently had power. And I think at the beginning in the 70s, he really never hit for high averages. And until the beginning of the 80s, he started taking off a little bit. And then he kind of sank back into just a lot of swing and misses. I mean, there's talk about a guy that led the league in strikeouts three times um, okay. throughout the 70s. I mean, there's only been a handful of seasons where he didn't have over 130 strikeouts, but right. he's my top five because he's, <laughs> I'm just talking about all bad about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's made a couple all-star games, but he was that clutch guy. He was that kind of like Gates Brown was for the Tigers. He was just a clutch mm-hmm. guy and um, the power came through when he needed it. Arguably his best season was in 79, but when he left the Chicago Cubs in 1980 at the, uh, to go into 1981 with the Mets and then later finished his career with Oakland. He went on the stretch of hitting like 30 home run, 30 plus home runs and ending it right. Mostly for the power. I put him on my list, but he was a guy that could come up with a big hit and, and times where you needed him. So Dave Kingman for me comes in at number five. Okay. Okay. Uh, coming in for me, uh, at number, uh, four, uh, is a guy by the name of uh, Mike Eastler. Um, Mike Eastler, not gonna lie, I had to do a little bit of research on Mike Eastler here. Um, uh, but bulk of his time there uh was with uh I'd say you know best years probably with, with Pittsburgh there, but still made an all-star team in 81. Um he's a guy that's you know gonna hit, you know, he hit over over 300 multiple times in his career. Uh gonna get, you know, uh, probably his best season, I'd say, would be uh 313 average, uh 27 home runs, 91 RBIs there in uh, in 84. Uh, with Boston, actually, um, you know, just a just a, a, a solid solid player, uh, like we talked about uh, there with our good friend uh, Greg Luzinski. His best years were in the seventies, but in the eighties, he was still you know putting up a productive bat, um, you know, getting over a hundred hits a season uh, for for the most part. Uh, could really get doubles, and uh, like I said, in that eighty eighty four season, he had thirty one doubles, hundred and eighty eight hits. So. Uh, Mike Eastler, he is my number four DH. How about you? Number four is a guy I actually really like. His name is Andre Thunder Thornton. Ooh, that's a great nickname. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Andre Thornton or Thunder. He he had a pretty good career. The only problem with him, most of his career is injuries. Injuries okay. cut his career short. I mean, he still played 14 seasons for the most part, but when he ended up getting traded to the Montreal Expos from the Chicago Cubs, it, the injuries just started coming on hot and by 1976 they ended up dealing him to the Cleveland Indians that's where he kind of made his name that's where the thunder came you know so the thunder this is a guy who had a lot of power but again the power was kind of spacey because of the injuries i mean there would be seasons where he went off for 30 plus home runs and then seasons where he winded up with 17 and you're like well where ha- what happened to that fucking power man yeah, um, yeah. it's not like he struck out too crazy, uh, you know, but he was a guy that could get a lot of hits and he could always get on base. But again, injuries kind of cut him short. I mean, Thunder ended his career with over 1300 hits, especially in 14 seasons. That's really good as yeah. well. And he was just shy of 900 RBIs. So, um, Andre Thunder <laughs> Thornton comes in, Thornton comes in at number four for me. 
I love it. And uh, he was so good for me that he comes in number three, the Thunder. Uh, uh, he's he's number three for every everything that you uh, said. You know, a couple All Star appearances, even got a Silver Slugger there in '84. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Thunder was there in the early '80s for uh, the late '70s into the '80s there for Cleveland. Kind of kind of thundered out at the end, but <laughs> basically yeah. for everything everything that you just said. Uh, uh, yeah, Andre Thunder Thornton. Uh, he comes in for me at number three. Number three for me is the late great Dom Baylor. We all Baylor. remember Dom Baylor, mostly as a manager. Yep, yep. I remember when I was a kid uh, watching him struggle his way with the Rockies, and then he kind of ended his managerial career with the Cubs. But he went on a stretch there, being a coach and coached some some really good teams. I mean. Uh, or not, well, not, I shouldn't say really good teams, but some really good players as well. I remember the old five Seattle Mariners were pretty decent mm-hmm. and he helped them. He helped them kind of get to where they needed to be. Some of the players like Brett Boone and what have you. So uh, Dom, Dom Baylor was really good as a manager, but as a DH, he wasn't too shabby either. I mean, he spent his career with a few different teams. He was kind of a journeyman at the end of it, but Baltimore, nice stretch with Baltimore, a cup of coffee with Oakland. Then he ended up going to California to be with the Angels at the beginning of the 80s. I mean, we're talking in 79 when he hit, one thir- he hit 139 RBIs, but then he never could quite get back to that again. Oh. That's where his, that was his MVP's, MVP season was in 79, but he still was a feared bat. I mean, yep. 303 at 34 years old in 1983, I thought that this... This is one that he won a silver slugger that year. Um, I think he should have at least been mentioned to potentially be a dark horse MVP, even though he wouldn't have won it anyways. But I thought this guy had a lot of good pop in his bat. <clears throat> this is a guy that had a knack for just getting on base. And he reminded me of a lot of Harold Baines, just getting on base. Baines. He couldn't drive him in as good, but he was a guy that could. I mean, when I say drive him in as good, I mean, getting 80 to 90 plus RBIs a season's nothing to shake a stick at. I think that's incredible because mm. the ones that can hit 100-plus RBIs every season, I mean, those are your upper echelon. But Dom Baylor kind of made a career about getting getting between 70 to 90-plus RBIs every season. So Dom Baylor, for me, comes in for my number three spot. Well, choice. I do love I do love Don Baylor. Uh, coming in for me at uh, number two is uh, Ken Singleton. Uh, Ken Singleton, uh, arguably his best season in the 80s, probably kicked things off in 1980. was fantastic with 24 home runs, 104 RBIs, a 304 average. He was in the MVP conversation. Um, and then followed up with a you know pretty good season in 81. His career ended in, uh, in 1984. So, um, you know, he was at the tail end of his career when we start talking about DH hitters. But uh, had a nice, uh, you know, good good thump in his bat, could hit over 300. You know, usually right in that 270, 280, uh, 280 range. Just a great bat and a, a fun player to watch for uh, for Baltimore. Um, member of that World Series uh, championship team there in uh, in '83, and uh, yeah, Ken Singleton, great guy. Uh, he comes in for me at number two. I like Ken Singleton too. I mean, he comes in for me at number two as well, just because every. Us. Everything that Steve said, it's a kind of a short sample size with him yeah. in the 80s. I mean, we're talking about the best 80s DHs, and we just got his end of the career. Right. Right. But hey, fuck off. It was hard yeah. pickings for the <laughs> DHs. Slim pickings here for the yeah. DH, guys. That was a break, please. But we really <laughs> like Ken Singleton as well. And yeah, uh, he ended up becoming in the, one of the men. Well, not many, but he actually ended up making the Baltimore Orioles Hall of Fame as get well. It, so get a Ken. Yeah, and his last All-Star appearance was in 81 as well. But Ken Singleton, you could always count on him uh, to kind of get that hit that you need. And he was a guy that, for the majority of his career, always had 120-plus hits a season. So yeah. uh, Ken Singleton, for me, comes in at number two. And number one for both of us. Both of us, Mr. Hal McRae. Hal McRae. Yep, yep. I always think of Hal McRae. He's right up there with George Brett when I think of the 85, uh, 85 Kansas City Royals. Any of those Royals teams there through the through the 70s and the 80s, you know, those battles oh, that they had with the Yankees. Yeah. Um, arguably, his uh, uh, best season in the 80s was 1982. Yep. 133 RBIs. He had 46 doubles, uh, 308 average, uh, finished fourth in the MVP Silver Slugger that year. But um, yeah, he was a guy that, could get you doubles, but he also yep. had a good pop in his bat and just could get on base, you know, consistently uh, near, you know, we got him near the end of his career there in the eighties, 
but he was consistently, you know, up in the uh, upper upper two hundreds, you know, into the three hundred range for for hits. So, uh, love me some Hal McRae. He comes in number one. Same yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with me. I mean, Hal McRae over two thousand hits. He yep. he he wasn't a great manager by any means, but spent the majority of his career with the Reds and the Royals. And yep. I mean, throughout the eighties, he was a pretty consistent player for the most part. Everybody liked Hal McRae. Oh, yeah. uh, he doesn't turn- like Hal McRae, right? Right. Right. I mean, I thought he should. He was in consideration for the 82 MVP at mm-hmm. 36 years old, which is pretty damn impressive <laughs> as mm-hmm. well. And you're just talking about a guy that consistently got on base, barely ever struck out, always got you good. Tri- it was a good at getting. I mean, his total bases was amazing. So he was good at getting those extra bags, too. Yeah. And I mean, in 82, he had 46 doubles, which led the league and um, 41 and 83. I mean, and then you see the drop off there in the mid to late right. 80s. But Hal, right. uh, Al McRae comes in for us at number one. Now, Steve, yeah, a bigger sure. and better sample size. Now that yeah, we have the universal <laughs> DH okay. in both leagues, yep. uh, we are going to do the best DHs right now. And kicking okay. off at number five for me is just Charlie Blackman. Man, I it's mean, he, he played most of his games as a DH for the Rockies last season or mm-hmm. yep. And then he played most of his games as a DH this season. Yep. So yay. <laughs> so, so yay. So he qualifies <laughs> as a DH. Uh, Charlie Blackman's on there. Just kind of the old reliable. I always wonder if when he retires, if he will re- retire as a Colorado Rocky one and two, I always wondered if they will put him in their hall of fame. Just because he's been there for so long. He's a four-time right. All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger Award winner. And he's just, he's, I mean, most RBIs by a leadoff hitter to this day with 103. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's always been just a consistent guy. Lefty at the at lefty thrower, lefty bat. I mean, just really good. Now, when you go on Bavada Sports, you're not going to see them love the Rockies. <laughs> Bavada hates the Rockies. Bavada uh, just hates the Rockies. They just they? hate the motherfucking yeah. Rockies. But you know who loves the Rockies? It's Charlie Blackman. And yeah, the does. Rockies love Charlie <laughs> Blackman to death. And he loves the Rockies. And his middle name is Cobb, which is dope as fuck. So his uh, real name is Cobb. Yeah. Oh, that's what's up. Charlie Cobb Blackman. But I oh, put him on dude, here. That, oh, man. That's hey, my new favorite player. No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I. I was going to put a couple different guys here, but I wanted somebody who is Mr. Consistency and the backbone mm-hmm. of a team being my number five guy. That's Charlie Blackman. Steve, what's your number five? Uh, my number five guy is a uh, a guy for the Dodgers, and it's going to be J.D. Martinez, kind of a, a late late uh, signing there. I love J.D. Martinez. I love J.D. Martinez's approach to the game. He's a guy that you know is always looking at his at-bats, watching the video. He's a guy that he's old school, too. He'll take notes in a notebook instead of using everything you know, on the tablet and stuff. He's just it really gets into watching the you know the the art of hitting. And uh, you know, I, I still think he's got got a lot left to give. He had a you know, he had a pretty good season with Boston last year, 274 average, 16 home runs, 62 RBIs. Uh, you know, 43 doubles though. So he's obviously he's getting on base. The, the power isn't what it used to be, but he can still get on base and get you uh, some of those you know, extra base hits, 146 uh, hits on the season uh, last year in 139 games. So uh, uh, JD Martinez, uh, not really, you know, a, a, a bet in favor. He's not in that, you know, if you're on Bavada checking MVPs, he's not really up there anymore for that. But uh, JD Martinez still a solid DH. And he's coming in for me at number five. Good pick, good pick, solid Thanks. pick. Number four Thanks. for me is a guy that used to be a Bavada darling. This time he comes, she shows up in the prop bets of if if he's going to strike out, is he going yes. to get a sack fly? But put some respect on guy in Carlos Stanton's name. Yes, this guy exactly. has still. Uh, I think he's still a really good hitter. I think mm-hmm. since I think he's weirdly. Um, overshadowed by Aaron Judge, yes, which he makes, is, <laughs> which makes a lot of which makes a lot of sense. The guy is not really a three hundred hitter, but he's a guy that can get you thirty plus home runs almost every single season. So, uh, he played predominantly DH last year, kind of been DH the whole time with some uh, outfield Yankees, stints, yeah. but since he's been with the Yankees for sure, mm-hmm. that's going to be a hard contract to move if they ever wanted mm-hmm. to move him. But he's one of the out- most outstanding slugging percentages in baseball and his 2017 was one of the arguably one of the best. I he won MVP that year, but still didn't like that he didn't hit 300. But that's just yeah. not a that's not his game. He's a right. guy that 
you get in there to clean up, man. He he's your fourth hitter, your fifth hitter. He cleans up and he yep. brings in runs. Yep. So he doesn't really set the table. So, yep. but uh, Stanton for me is my, and I wanted to put him higher, but there's some that are just a little bit better than him. But Stanton for me comes in at number four. Solid, solid pick. Uh, number four for me uh, could be higher, but uh, you know he's coming off the injury, so we don't know quite when he's going to be there. And that's Bryce Harper. Uh, we do know once he gets into the lineup, he's going to produce. Obviously, an all-star last year, MVP in 2021, uh, primarily now uh, uh, a DH, but he's a guy that you know can still – he's a home run threat. Anytime he comes to the plate, he can knock it home, but he can also uh, hit the hit the extra base hit as well. Uh, in his MVP season in 2021, he had 42 doubles. You know, In 99 games last year, he still was able to slap 28 doubles. Uh, so, like I said, he'd be a little bit higher for me if he wasn't still injured right now. So, but still, uh, Bryce Harper, he is coming in for me at number four. Same. Bryce Harper comes in for me at number three. And basically, okay. everything that Steve said, yeah. he just took his first batting practice hits today. Good so, for him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's, it's pretty dope, right? That I mean, this huge. is that's coming off Tommy John. Yeah. That, that's a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, that's like. Adrian Peterson, when he long ago, when he had a torn ACL and he oh. or Achilles uh, and he came back within months. I mean, mm-hmm. it just some people are different. And that's Bryce Harper. You and I rag on him. You and I became fans of him. But then we yep. started to rag on him, kind of kind of rescind that a little bit just because right. his shitty performance in the World Series. But yep. at the same time, Bryce Harper is one of the best hitters still in baseball when he's on his game. Yep. Right. I mean, yep. we're talking about a guy that was made to play DH. I mean, he's also a really good fielder. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think teams value his bat more. He's a bat first guy. And I've always liked his glove. I think he plays the game with grit in his teeth, but uh, he's a guy that can get 30, 40 home run power as well. But when he's DH, I think it kind of lightens his load a little bit, lets him have a little bit more fun at the plate than to say, what are you going to do in the field? Right. So yeah, exactly. uh, Bryce Harper for me comes in at number three. Uh, number three for me is the guy who you had. We pretty much just flip flop spots here is uh, Giancarlo Stanton and uh, pick Stanton here because uh, uh, he's he's healthy right now. Um, saw him hit a behemoth of a home run uh, the other day. Uh, watching him and Judge uh, together is just uh, it, it's 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 entertainment. Um, twin Towers. Oh, yeah, they totally are Twin Towers, man. It, it's 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 great to see. Contract sucks. Well, we're not talking about his contract. We're talking yeah. about a guy that can hit over 30 home runs. Um, average has dipped some, though. I mean, he only hit 211, uh, 211 last year. Would like to see the average come up, but he's a guy that can still uh, get you close to 100 RBIs. And uh, you know, he's in there for one one purpose, one purpose only go hit the long ball. Yeah. Uh, and that's when, when I think of DH, I think of guys that can hit the long ball and he can do it with the best of them. So uh, Stanton, he comes in for me at number three. Number three. Number two for me is Showtime. Shohei oh, Showtime. Tani. I know it's kind of controversial that he's not number one, but here, here's why the reason what I say to that. And <laughs> cue up fart noise. No. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> here's what I think of Otani. I, I really do like Otani, but my big knock on him is he's not the best at everything. Right. He, what makes him valuable is the fact that he can pitch and he can hit. He's a great a fucking great hitter. Is he a top five hitter in the in the American League? That's debatable. Mm-hmm. Is he a top five pitcher in the American League? I would probably say yeah to that for sure. But mm-hmm. as a hitter, we're talking DH, and he brings a lot to the table. I mean, yep. we're talking about he's won an MVP. We know his worth. I mean, he came in second last year of MVP voting. He puts up big numbers, but we're talking about a guy that can never hit over 300. He doesn't hit over 300, and... Uh, his, he has great power. I mean, him and Mike Trout, it's fun like watching Stanton and Judge play. Just yep. It's fun watching him play, and he gets the hits you need. He's always on base. He's always striking out people, um, but we're st- st- talking about him as a hitter. And last year, 304 total bases. Year before Ooh. that, his MVP season, 318 total bases, and I love that stat. And this is a guy that is one of the best in the game, but like I said, he doesn't have the most power in the game. He doesn't get on base the most out of everybody. He's a guy. He doesn't have the fastest bat in the whole league. So that's a DH. He's one of he's one of the greats, but um, he's definitely still number two on my list. It's two for me too. And I bet if you're on Babata, I bet the prop bets with Otani is pretty cool. You know, like uh, on days that for he sure. pitches. You know, 
Can he strike out eight and also drive in three? You know, that'd be entertaining. I'd I'd place a bet on that. But yeah, uh, everything you just said with Otani comes in for me at uh, number two as well. But uh, yeah, it comes down to comes down to average. Um, I mean, he won the MVP in 2021 with a 257 average. I think you and I still talk about that. That's uh, it should have gone to uh, Vlad Jr. But anyway, um, he does. He does everything very well. Like you said, does he do it great? No, but he does everything really well. He's an excellent hitter. You know, not hitting uh, hitting for average, but he's got the power. He'll drive you in the runs, and he's a heck of a pitcher too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, since we're talking hitting here, he comes in for me at number two. Number one, uh, it's both for both of us. Uh, we both hold uh, Jordan Alvarez to a yeah. higher standard in terms of when we're talking power. The guy has power. Has he hit yeah. forty home runs yet? No, but he's twenty six years old, and he's going to tap yeah. into that power this year. He already has two yep. home runs in yep. five games. We're going to see him get 40 plus home runs this year. Uh, you mark it when you heard it. Yep. Write it down. When you think of the DH position, it was made for people like Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez can also play the outfield, but the DH, man, I mean, that's this guy is going to be by the end of his career because he's going to probably play the most games as a DH because he started as a DH. Right. He'll probably even, I could see him getting over David Ortiz stats. Just mm-hmm. how he's going to transcend the DH position for sure. Yep. So he comes uh, in for me and you, of course, a number one. Completely agree. I mean, we're a handful of games in the season. He already has nine RBIs. Uh, he hit, you know, 33 and 37 home runs and 21 and 22. He's definitely, like you said, he's going to get over 40 this year. And I think he, you know, mark it down. You go to Babada right now, he's going to take home the MVP. <laughs> he's going to be right up there. I think he's going to be top three again on MVP. Yeah. So, uh, just like you said, yeah, Jordan Alvarez, he is in for me at number one. Number one, baby. Number one. Let's do this. With that, that puts a bow on our then and now series. Whew. That does, man. That yeah, does. Love that series. That was a yeah, it was a fun series. Next year or next in the off season, well, when we hit our then and now series, we're going to choose a different decade, and we'll go in through that way as well. This is really fun. That's it's, it's kind of cool comparing the. Ghosts of the past, you know, so next year is going to be a completely different decade. But rest assured, in 2022, 2023, when we began this, the 80s are covered for. Yep, exactly. With that, shall we head on over to Collection Corner? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. Before we move on, this is kind of like a late, a late kind of insert into the rundown. I just had this had this alert come in my phone about an mm-hmm. hour ago or whatever. And there's been a, uh, a Babe Ruth bet that just sold for 1.85 million. Seriously. And what okay. happened is to make sure that they knew it was Babe Ruth. They had a, fo- uh, uh, there's a photographic corroboration to, to so solidify, to, to, to show the proof that that's actually the bat he used. And essentially, I guess they said it's a bat from, uh, his it's it's uh 19. He actually used the bat in 22, but the photo was in 21, but it has the same markings because it was okay. one of his favorite bats. I'm like, God damn. And that bad ball era, you're using the same bat same for bat. Wow. two years. That's impressive. That is impressive. I originally man. the bat in 2018 went for like $400,000, but man. within that amount of time, it's already up to 1.85 million. I thought that was Jeez. really fucking interesting. And if you go on ESPN and you go out there breakdown just to see how they broke down the photograph and the bat mm-hmm. that they have, they have the markings on it, like the dings in the bat. They have it's everything. So it's, cool. They can line it, that up. I fucking love that, bro. And it's like so for, cool. for forensic evidence and stuff. It's <laughs> like, um, I think I saw an episode of Pawn Stars or something, or it was, yeah, I think it was Pawn Stars where mm-hmm. someone had brought in a Willie Mays jersey. Oh, that's and they're cool. like, you know, it's like a game you jersey or something like well you know how how can we tell if this is actually the real deal and they show and uh they showed where it got patched up and it matched a photo that was taken of Willie Mays and it showed the same patch stuff there like yeah we got the the, got the same thing he's patched in the same spot this is the the game worn game worn Willie Mays yeah oh shit oh that's cool so yeah, that that went for a lot. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna ask you how much did you know? Uh, or, uh, you know I'm not or? I'm not sure. I can't remember. It was a few years ago that this episode was on. I think it was at least uh, close to six figures. I'd say. I remember there was a guy who there's always somebody with something obviously on that show, but once in a while they'll get sports and you try mm-hmm. to match it. I remember this guy brought in this Babe Ruth. I think it was a card. Okay. And they thought he thought oh, this is this I is it. Those ones. <laughs> this is this is gonna be it, bro. 
Yep. And when they and Rick, the guy's name is Rick, right? Yeah, Rick. The, yep. They own it. Yep. So Rick looked at it, of course, brings in his baseball. He always yep. has a guy. Yeah, he, he has a guy. Yep. Which <laughs> I'm always a little skeptical what he's paying these guys off on the right. side. Because <laughs> <laughs> he could just uh, call them at the drop of a hat and then they show up in the store at the same time. That's so convenient, right? So convenient. So, so convenient. So he gets it, and uh, essentially it was a mass-produced card with literally no value. And the guy was, like, heartbroken. He thought he won the fucking lottery. And he he laid his big dick on the table, and he's like, like, I will accept nothing less than $100,000. And it was like... You got to reprint here. And when you show up too cocky in those shows, you know Rick's going to put you in your place. Yep. Oh, no, I was wrong. I just looked up. It sold for $31,000 was the offer the guy took for the Willie Mays jersey. Dude, that's still fucking sick, man. Yeah. $31,000. But, but, but that was still, that was 10 years ago. So, yeah. Well, inflation. Well, yeah, ex- exactly. Inflation's huge. So that would probably be up towards like 50000 oh, nowadays, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. So, it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a, I think it was a jersey and pants. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. I remember, uh, similar to what you said, some guy tried bringing in like uh, Pete Rose cards or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> And did you ever see that one? You know, the guy, the guy wanted big box for it. It's like six 1960s Pete Rose cards. Ooh. And uh, he brought in this guy. They're like, yeah, these are mass produced. No, no, these are. I found them in a box. These are the real thing. No, this is what the real card looks like. And they showed the difference. Like the color was completely. Uh, Sorry, guy. <laughs> That's rough. And both you and I know Pete Rose cards. His earlier stuff when he has the Buzz Crew cut. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those go for a hell of a lot more mm-hmm. than his later cards. Even mm-hmm. when he was hit, hit, doing hitting, breaking records, and yep. and all that. Those aren't that expensive compared no, to those sixties Pete Rose cards. Yeah, that, that crew cut and stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You, you it, live, you learn, right? Yeah, you live, you learn, and some of these are interesting i have a shoot coming up soon with my documentary where we're going to be talking to carl kistner this is my this is like a bucket list one where basically he and went into his grandpa's base or attic and ended up finding tons of ty cobb cards and old cards pristine fucking condition and he's like an instant millionaire yeah i was gonna say he probably sold sold those that'll be that'll be a good story for you to get right yeah well one thing that was cool too and this just shows you just how special this family is and Mm -hmm. where it's not all about the money because they never really came from money so right uh they still held on to a few cards just to remember their grandpa by i thought that was really cool cool. that's awesome yeah and some of those cards it's like they're sitting on fifty thousand dollars worth of like a card right so uh i thought that says a lot about the family you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Good for yeah. them. Yeah, so that's dope. Well, man, <clears throat> Babe Ruth too. <laughs> you know, good yeah, for Babe, good for Babe Ruth is bat. All right. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Can you imagine yeah. hanging onto that? Because you know, some of those are just hanging in people's basements. Or oh yeah, there, there's and... there's so so many things of you know because they uh, you you don't know where every single one of these things are. You know, like yeah. there could be someone sitting on a uh, mint condition copy of the oh. Beatles butcher cover or something like that. You know, like like shrink wrapped and everything unused, you know, stuff like that, you know, just sitting there. Don't, don't, don't really want the, uh, the notoriety or the fame with it. Just you know, hanging oh. out with it. Someone's basement, you know, wild. <laughs> it is so fucking wild to think about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you want me to go or you want to go? First? Um, yeah, you go first. All right. Um, up for me this week is a uh, Hal McRae. We've talked a lot about Hal McRae. Uh, he is up twenty nine dollars and eleven cents, or a one thousand two hundred fifty four point seven four percent increase to a market value of thirty one dollars and forty three cents. His up cards include a nineteen sixty eight tops rookie number three eighty four and a nineteen seventy five or nineteen seventy nine tops number five eighty five. Surprisingly down this week though is Jordan Alvarez. He is down nine dollars and twenty. 20- 35 cents or a 29.74% decrease to a market value of $21.85. Uh, down cards for him include his 2020 Bowman Chrome Rookie, number 25, and his 2022 Tops Gallery Green Parallel, number 71, and his number 2125. How about you, man? What do you got? Uh, up for me is Andre Thunder. Thunder! Thornton. Get it. Why can't he just be named Thornton? <laughs> it's got to be Thornton. 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 So Thunder's up $3.78. That's an 1,800% increase. Market price right now sits near $4. That's a Thunder's boom right there. Thunder, Thunder. Um, 
up is some pretty dope cards. His 85 Fleer Indians team set card. His 87 tops Tiffany, number 780, and his 74 tops rookie infielders, which have him. Uh, Steve's favorite player, Frank White. I love Frank White. <laughs> John Knox and Terry Hughes, uh, number Terry. six, 604. Down for me is uh, the guy we were just talking about, Bryce Harper. Down $6.13. It's a negative 33.64% decrease. Market price right now sits around $12.09, which oh. is kind of crazy to think about because at one time, he was sitting up in the $30 range, I think, yeah. at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. And just, I don't know if this is because of his performance in the World Series or or what, but it, the fact that it's just $12 right now is, it's yeah. going to go up when he comes back, but right, right. it's just crazy that it's there. So uh, some cards you can get on the cheaper is 2011 Bowman's Best, is 2012 Topps Leg Up Variation, which is a rookie card. That's number 661. And it's 2019 Topps Welcome to Philly card. Nice. All right. Well, shall we get the candles out and celebrate a birthday? Let's do it. All right. Say a happy uh, heavenly birthday to Reds great and Hall of Famer Ernie Lombardi. He was born on April the 6th of 1908. Uh, A little stats here on uh, on Ernie. 306 career average, 190 home runs, 990 RBIs. Started off a career with the Brooklyn Robins, then played a majority of his career there with the Reds from 1932 to 1941. Then he went to the Boston Braves and then the New York Giants from 1943 to 1947. He's an eight-time All-Star, World Series champ in 1940, NL MVP in 1938, a two-time NL batting champion in 1938-1942, and he's part of the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. He was inducted into the Hall of Fame via the Veterans Committee in 1986. little trivia here on Ernie. Uh, during the fourth uh, game of the 1939 World Series in the 10th inning, with the score tied and runners on first and third, Yankees great Joe DiMaggio singled, one run scored, then Reds outfielder Eval Goodman fumbled the ball. Mm-hmm. Yankees right fielder Charlie Keller, well known for his sturdy physique, beat the throw to catcher Lombardi and inadvertently hit Lombardi in his groin. Fortunately for the Reds, though, and Lombardi, he had failed to wear his protective cup, and Lombardi was in pain and dazed. DiMaggio raced around the bases and scored while the ball was just a few feet away from a dazed Lombardi. The mm-hmm. press was hugely critical of the sensitive ca- uh, catcher, because of this, and it became known as Lombardi's Big Snooze. That's interesting. Wow. Right? That's so, too. Damn. Yeah. Happy birthday. Heavenly birthday, ladies, to Ernie Lombardi. That's... Happy birthday. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Get it, Ernie. Let's fucking go. Let's go. And with that, that's a fucking show. Ooh, that is a show, man. Pack that baby good. Ooh. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hey, uh, we're in this part of the year now where we're talking fantasy again. So if you have any questions, yes, you send them to at Michael J. Dalt on Instagram is the best way or Twitter. That's fine, too. Or you can do what's your I think I'm at uh, Stephen dot four zero two, I believe. Is yeah. You know, you know, it also pisses me off. So I worked hard to finally get my blue check mark on yeah. on Instagram. Finally uh-huh. get it. Uh-huh. And I just seen this week. That they're allowing people to pay for blue check marks. <laughs> Are you serious? So now anybody can fucking get it. So anyone, like, anyone can get a blue check mark. <laughs> anybody can get a blue check mark if they pay for it. And it's like, what? Oh, that's, Are that's, you serious? That sucks. Oh, yeah, that's a bummer. But anyways, I re- I uh, I regress. Um, <laughs> Anywho. Uh, we have a jam-packed season underway next week. I mean, we're talking more fantasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, send in your questions if you have. We'll read them out on the show. And uh, we're going to be doing the start sit starting next yes. week as well. Boy, jam packed stuff ready to happen. But I'm glad that we are able to finish out of the now series mm-hmm. on a high note. So in the meantime, everybody, thanks for listening as always. And we will catch you all next week. Deuces. Deuces.